Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Ming. So first of all, thank you so much for being here today. You told me this is your very first podcast interview. Exactly. So anytime I can have that distinction. So when you're on TV and doing all these big things, we will always be your very first podcast interview. So we're always happy to have that distinction. So you know what I'm going to ask you next. Right. Yeah. Because you listen to a couple of um, (laughs) episodes. So before we get into the good stuff, can I get a oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So I think this is exciting for a couple of reasons. We were actually in a cohort together um, for M. And um, I saw you just in the mix and out and about. And I thought, man, I really want to learn from this guy and to really get to know him better because your story, I think, is incredible and is similar to a lot of other folks who have taken this same path. So Mm -hmm. really wanted to dig into how did you get started with Portfolio Bay? A lot of times it's because we're solving our own problems. But tell me a little bit about how you started with Portfolio Bay. Yeah. So I got into real estate because of a friend of mine. He was doing some investing in Minneapolis. And so after hearing about like how everything works, I was like, oh, okay. So this is interesting. And it sounds like this is something you can invest and actually make some money. So I got started with real estate investing in 2018. And at that time, you know, like I was still working a full-time job and doing the real estate on the side, like trying to manage properties, managing tenants and managing like all the payment accounting and everything. So I was thinking, okay, so right now I just have one property that's back in 2018. But like if I were to continue on this route, you know, eventually it's going to get to a point in that I'm just going to have so much going on. I cannot focus on my full-time job. And it's really important for me to still be able to focus on my full-time job because that's, you know, what's bringing the money into buy real estate in the first place. So I have to come up with a process to make rental management side as streamlined as possible. And how can I spend the minimum amount of time doing the like accounting, like all managing all the receipts and how can I streamline the process of doing a turnover so I don't have to deal with phone calls like during the work hours. So I got started with as a software engineer, like that's the one of the first thing I turned to. You just write some software to automate my own th- own problem. So I wrote some standalone software that would just run on my own computer. For example, during a turnover, I literally just have the program turn on and go to work and at work and come, I don't have to deal with all the emails and everything. Everything is automatically taken care of. 
So then I was like, okay, so this is really nice to have some kind of automation. But sometimes I also want to have want to access something on my phone. If I were to go to Home Depot to buy something and I want to record an expense, I don't want to like bring the receipt home and then enter it. That's kind of a tedious. So gradually, I just kind of say, oh, I want to add this. I want to add that. And one of the thing that really triggered me into starting this as a business is when I started to considering. Okay, I also want to add online payment because if I get online payment, I don't have to do any manual like bookkeeping anymore. It just can can be completely integrated. So I reached out to a couple payment processor and say, okay, so how can I use your service? Like, how can I use your API? And pretty much all of them says you have to be a company in order for us to work with you. So I was thinking, okay, so that's a lot of overhead. It's probably more overhead than doing like a bookkeeping myself. But then I thought, okay, maybe this is a good opportunity to actually think about this as a business because it can be a tool not just for me but also for real estate investors like me. Because a lot of real estate investors, like people, don't start real estate full time, like completely out of nothing. People most likely will still have a full time job. They need to perform. They need to do well while on the side to pursue real estate. Passion or like a real estate investment strategy that they're going for. So it was only later at the, some point that their portfolio is big enough that they can take the jump. So I feel like there will be more use case just for me and can help other people like in early in their real estate journey as well. So that's why I started Portfolio Bay. Is to first of all fix my own problem, then recognize this is not a unique problem to myself, but also can help early real estate investor to make the jump between a full time build up portfolio, then over time switch to real estate as the full time pursuit if they want to.、Mm-hmm. So, how much time would you say when you built it for yourself? How much time did that save you? It was pretty significant. For example, in a typical turnover, if you list. On Zillow or those syndication site, you would get a lot of inquiry coming in, and those site makes inquiry so easy. It's literally just pressing a button, and people can request any more information, request a showing, or like ask a question. So it's really easy for people to make an inquiry. On the other hand, the the owner, you have to deal with hundreds of messages and of people asking about the unit. So. It's really important to automate this part of the communication, so you're not bombarded with all the messages coming in and try to coordinate. When do you have time for showing? When do you, when are you available? And so, trying to make that process as automated as possible, it's probably just for the turnover. That's over eighty percent of the time saving. And you know, sometimes when even after you schedule a showing with people, you go there, they don't show up, and it's really frustrating. So. Having a way to automatically confirm with people that whether you're going to show up or not, and remind them like two hours ahead of time, really reduce that significantly. It still happens, but it's almost like just at a very minimum. And typically, when that happens, people still call back say, "I, I apologize, missed this." So it's not just those people who would show up for wouldn't show up for no reason. And so it definitely saves a lot of time. So when you went to the companies to get the API,、um, mm-hmm. what was that process like? Was it pretty easy? Outside of them saying, "Hey, you need to be an actual business," did you have to pay to get the the API connection? 
the actual process is pretty straightforward once you send them your like a credential as a business so the process is very straightforward but it's just the process of thinking whether i should be a business or not that took a little bit of time for me to think through so okay which types of apis did you have to get was it just like quickbooks or what what apis yeah, did you need to so, get yeah so so that's an api for like an initiated payment from bank to bank transfer got it got it so for from their point of view it doesn't really matter like what business i'm in as long as uh, i have enough security standard in my, all my infrastructure and follow their guideline and that they can provide the api service so it it really doesn't matter like what business and i'm pretty sure they also serve a similar company in the same space where they're doing the landlord software but from their point of view it really makes no difference Got it. Talk about that a little bit. What were some of those the standards and criteria that you had to meet in order to to make the API work? Yeah, some of those are like pretty technical. So like the encryption standard and how you handle the data, etc. So there's a big list of them, like enumerate every single one of them. Okay. But it's kind of a checklist that you have to go through each one. And then after you did that, they have also their audit team from their side and they audit your side and make sure like your side secure and safe got it so next step so you get this the the, set up as a business you have your api set up it's saving you a ton of time what happens next what happened next is okay so now i'm officially a business should i go back and revisit some of my assumption because i didn't start out as a business and so i was just trying to focus on my own problem so but once I form it as a business, now it's a good time to revisit some of the previous process of thinking this as a business. So that's the reason why I joined 4M because it's an incubator. It helps you to come up with ideas and refine your thinking of how this business ought to be like instead of just, okay, now I've got a tool, I've got a software and I'm a business and let's do that. But that's kind of a reverse. Really, I have to think about this as a business. Now, what problem am I solving? What kind of solution should I provide? Then now to uh, to to solve that problem, what kind of a feature should I add? So then that's why I joined the 4M program. It's to really go back to the beginning and go through the motion again and iron out some of the details. Yeah, that's smart. Why do you think a lot of people don't do that? don't do like an incubator or yeah they don't go through the process of really thinking through what problem are they solving Um, and getting help kind of formulating the approach right to what features do should i include things like that a lot of times people just kind of they build what they think Mm -hmm. the market wants yeah and i happen to know from experience that the market is brutally honest. Mm-hmm. If the market does not want what you have, <laughs> yes. they will. It, it will eat you up and spit you out. So, yes. what? What? Talk, talk through that process of you saying, "Okay, your your just your awareness, just knowing that you needed to do that." I read a book called The Lean Startup when I was in college, and I really loved that book. And because it teaches you a lot of methodology of how you should approach things when it comes to running a startup. And it's not just applicable for running a startup, I believe. It's also how you should approach a lot of things in general that the outcome isn't clear. So it's really about like there's a cycle called like a build, measure, learn. And you build something, you measure something, and then you learn and gradually iterate. And also the book talks a lot about like validating validating your assumptions and if i just come out and build a product with 
in that product, there's a lot of assumptions. There's a, so much assumptions to be made on what audience are like, what's my customer, what's their problem, and what's the right way of fixing the problem. All those are assumptions without being used and without it actually working. All those are just assumptions. So it's really important to go back to the process and make sure Okay, now I'm validating each of the assumption when I build this tool to solve my own problem because now my assumption is going to be different because when I build this tool, I'm assuming this is a tool to fix my own problem. But now I'm assuming this is a tool to fix problem for everybody like me. So this is a different assumption because of the change in the assumption. I have to go back to the beginning and rework out everything. And I, I feel like sometimes, like I go back to your question, sometimes people are not doing it enough is because it feels tedious. It feels like you're not making a lot of progress because sometimes you just want to build things really quick and launch it and iterate. And if you do that quickly and you have enough runway to figure it out, that can work. But again, like you at each step, you have to figure out what you're learning. And the learning is really key part in like making a startup successful and you know you're not going to succeed in everything you do but everything you fail you have to learn something so you don't make similar mistake nothing is going to be the exact same like you're not going to fail for the exact same things twice but you can fail for similar things multiple times it's about learning that helps you to avoid those downfall on the similar issue. I like how you said earlier, you were talking about before you hit record, real estate can be a way to build that runway before you, you jump out right. there. And that alleviates some of that pressure because I happen to imagine that the reason why people don't do it is because the financial pressure is like, I built this thing. Mm -hmm. I need to get users into this thing so that I can make revenue so that I can pay the bills. When you don't have that financial pressure, you can really take the time to to build measure and learn would you would you agree yeah so for me in the beginning i would say like a real estate is just something for me to invest in and make additional income but over time and i started to see it differently especially after i dove into full-time running portfolio bay as my own company i started seeing okay the value in real estate isn't necessarily just the money it comes in. It enables me, it frees me from having the financial pressure to say, oh, I have to figure everything out in six months or I I'm going to have to go back and look for another job. I would say I will keep doing working on it. There might be pivot in terms of solution, in terms of what the product is, but I will keep working on it till it becomes a successful company. And that's just the value of real estate brings into me like my own personal life it's not just about like investing in real estate and make some money it's about having the flexibility like financially to pursue things that you are more passionate about and eventually if you stay in long enough and you have the passion to go really hard on it you're going to be successful so that that's my belief Talk a little bit about that your transition. I heard you mentioned a couple of times you're this is your full-time thing now yep. what was that transition like the transition so before I made the jump, I really have to like ask me myself a lot of questions because so Portfolio Bay, even though it has revenue, it's not replacing my full-time job. And to for me to make the jump, it's more about having enough belief in, okay, this is what I'm doing. And do I have personal conviction on 
this is going to work. And that's the most important thing. And if I have the conviction and I put in the work, then over time, I have enough runway, I will make it work. So for me to make the jump between full-time employee to like a full-time founder, it's more about like my personal conviction. Do I actually believe this is going to work? Do I see my current user getting enough value from the product? How is my current user commenting about the product itself? And so that's really the key for me. Not necessarily the financial part, but more of a like personal conviction on this is going to work. Mm -hmm. So what value does a user get from using Portfolio Bay? So for them, it's a way for managing their rental property with much less time. And not only it makes it more passive, but it also abstracts a lot of like high level statistics. For example, it automatically tracks the cap rate of vacancy and the remaining basis for their property. So they can make actionable investment decision based on those information. So it's kind of an operating system for your real estate investment. It makes it a lot more passive, but at the same time, provides you with the summary information that makes it everything more strategic. Got it. Now, naturally, your case is a little bit unique because Uh you're a a software engineer. So you you (laughs) built the platform. So what for for folks like me, right, who Uh don't have that skill set, what are some of the steps that that they can take to get started with building out a a platform? Yeah. Though for a lot of people like software engineer, it doesn't matter like what you write. For my full-time job, I actually use C++ and I work on, you would say, like an embedded, not embedded system, but like it's completely different from web development. So how did I go from like my full-time software engineer skill to like doing web development? I learned everything myself. I mean, I didn't come up with the right framework in the very beginning and I have like the first version of the product isn't perfect. I went, I actually went through multiple iteration and uh, at some point I have to rewrite everything in three months to make it into a under a more sustainable and a better framework that can be extended better easier in the future so i definitely made a lot of mistakes in like in the web development side and that's because of my inexperience in doing that i didn't come from a web development background though i was a software developer but not the web software developer got it got so it. i i feel like Right now, there's so much resources online. Everybody can just learn web development really easily. And that's why you have like a a code bootcamp where people can just go there and learn a lot of things in a few months and get a job. And I feel like for a founder, if you are really determined to like make it happen with the minimum amount of money spent, just work it out yourself. And that's the easiest way. And the first version doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to work. And having something working will help you to validate a lot of your ideas, assumption. And once you gain enough traction, and that's when you say, okay, now I know this thing works. I have conviction this is going to work in the future. And now I, I'm, I can actually spend more time to bring someone who has the professional skill to make it even better mm-hmm. and or to get funding. So talk about, we've talked about building. Talk about measure. Because I think a lot of times people miss that piece. What do you mean? What what does that mean to you in terms of measuring? And how do you measure? How have you measured over this year um, yeah. what's working, what's not working? So for me as a founder, I'm no longer 
just focus on the engineering because as a founder, like you have to look every part of the business. Engineering is one part of it, and there's an even bigger part that I don't have the background on it is the marketing. And the marketing has multiple components, like the SEO. SEO, like people spend their whole career and be expert just on this one thing. So you can go really, really deep on it. And for me, I have to spend a lot of time learning when I'm, whenever I'm driving, whenever I'm just not working on portfolio. But I always have something, just like a podcast or like a, you listen to a YouTube video, either talking about like a SEO or like talking about the marketing in general, because that's my short weakness in. In, like all the skill set of like doing the portfolio based things, and to measure it this year, we're just measuring like there are multiple dimension that we're measuring. On the more scalable side, we're measuring how our SEO performance because that's a very scalable and organic channel for growing a business. But on the other side. I'm also measuring things that are more qualitative, like the user feedback. And I'm also partnering with a local real estate agent in helping them to automate some of their lead processing process while uh, leveraging them as a channel to get the word out for Portfolio Bay. So on that part, I'm more focused on the qualitative learning, how the program is helping them. And once I have the qualitative feedback, then I can roll out to more real estate agent across the country. And at that point, I can focus on the quantitative measure for that channel. So SEO, at this point, I'm focused on the quantitative measure and the agent partnership and everything else. I'm focused on the qualitative measure. Now, do you document this, these measure measurements and, and learnings? So for SEO, the data is well tracked and I use software that that can just help you to track like your SEO performance over time. So that's pretty easy. And for the agent, like getting feedback from them, the user feedback, it's more of a just talking to them like on a regular basis and see how things evolve. Like I do keep record on like what they said. And if people requesting this feature, I have to decide whether not just it doesn't because like they ask I have to put that into the product you know I still have to go through the process of thinking how natural of a problem that is or that's a problem that works or that should be included for everyone so I do document uh, like the reasoning behind uh, like why I prioritize certain work and not prioritize the other and come up with a backlog and so I've worked on the most highest important things first, then get down to the lowest important things. How do you manage differentiation and, and competition? So competition is, is definitely there because there has been company that's doing the landlord software for quite some time. And I, the reason why I started Portfolio, but I, I, come up with the solution to work for myself in the first place is because I tried those products and, and they didn't meet my specific need. And so for me, that's a very convincing sign saying that I'm work, I'm fixing a problem that they didn't address at that time. It doesn't mean like they're not going to add a feature or like make a product change that suddenly say, hey, okay, now they can satisfy this demand. So I think this is a ongoing dynamic process of where you're constantly differentiating yourself from your competitor. And, and, and honestly, I feel like the focus shouldn't be on the competitor. It should be on the user because it's always going to be about how do you come up with something that user will like instead of see what your competitor do then see what you're doing because then you're missing the picture 
you're not in the business of differentiating from your competitor. You're in the different. You're in the business to solve users' problem. So that's my mo- where my most of the focus is to work with the user and work with agents on how can I solve their own problem and then iterate. What resources are you leveraging to to learn more about the? I heard you mentioned marketing is mm-hmm. a sort of a, a, another aspect yep. of the business that you're spending more and more time on. Yep. Uh, what kind of resources are you leveraging there? So I have users who have marketing background. So like I would invite them out for a coffee and just to kind of talk about it in general and I get some feedback and say this is those are the things that I that I'm doing. Here are some of my difficulty and they would like share some of their idea and how I should think about approaching it. And also I rely greatly you know, podcast and, and, you know, people share about the uh, marketing idea and uh, read books about marketing. So I'm just constantly trying to gather information. Right now, it's not a something that I have a framework level about like a marketing approach, but I'm ju- just trying to constantly like grabbing as much information as I can. And at some point, I'm going to have enough information and enough understanding say okay now i have my own thoughts about marketing and this is how i should go about it so that's that's still an evolving process i would say got it i'm curious to know how many um properties are you managing now and, and i'm mm-hmm. assuming you use portfolio based yes to, to yes <laughs> of course <laughs> so i self-own and manage 12 units it's not 12 properties because there are some of them like multi-family so 12 it's a kind of a sweet spot because I can expand more and that take more of my time. But at the same time, you know, it's enough to cover my basic living expenses. So I don't have to think about, you know, like, okay, my runway is like getting short. <laughs> Should I figure this out or like I go back to a full-time job? Mm-hmm. So. Smart, smart. So what do, what do you do for fun, me? Oh, I love cycling and uh, I used to like do a lot of bike touring where like I, I did a tour around Lake Michigan. So I started from Minneapolis, go north and uh, past the Mackinac Bridge down and took the ferry to Milwaukee, then rode back to Minneapolis. So that took 20 days. 20 days? Yeah. Wow. So that's not a hobby. It's that, uh, That's pretty serious. It's fun. <laughs> I enjoy doing it. <laughs> got it. Got yeah. it. So what's next? What's next for por- Portfolio Bay? So right now, we are definitely focused on the growth part. Um, we already have our product. It's launched and we have user. And the main focus this year is just gone going to be on the growth. And we have seen some significant improvement from SEO in the past month. And thanks to great information from all those sources like podcast, YouTube. And so I was able to learn and implement those into Portfolio Bay. I would say there's still a a long way to go, but I'm seeing like the trend that's pointing to the right direction. Now, so I have a couple more questions about the specific features, but are you l- looking for funding for Portfolio Bay or are you just funding it through users? So at this point, we're still focused on the product itself and the growth. And from my point of view, funding is kind of an amplifier on the success and the failure of a startup. So if your startup is working and have, are in the right trajectory, having the funding really amplifies your success and it can make your success much bigger and it make you go faster. But if you don't have the 
right idea or like there's some flaws in the business model having the funding it just amplifies the failure because you're gonna spend the money but not getting enough traction to the next stage and get the next round of funding and that's why startup die for me like right now i have a, a long runway i want to do things incrementally like i want to do things right before getting to a point of that i'm seeing so much growth that i get nervous because it's serving people and people paying rent through it and people have so much data in portfolio bay i get nervous and I really need additional resources and expand more. That's when I will look for funding, say, okay, let's make it, make the success like even bigger. So right now I'm focused on the product and that growth. That makes sense. That's smart. That's smart. What else should people know about Portfolio Bay? What what features, how much time mm-hmm. does it save? What other things that, that we may have not uncovered do you want to share with folks? Yeah. So I would say Portfolio Bay is a kind of a operating system for managing your rental property and the key is a self-managing rental property and that's the thing we advocate because i feel that self-managing rental property will build a lot of experience and first of all it's kind of a differentiator like you you previously said with our all our competitor because a lot of those company they both serve landlord and property management and their solution isn't very specific to the self-managing side and we're very specific on the self-managing side so if you have property you self-manage them portfolio bay would be the best product for you so for them to get the benefit of from Portfolio Bay, it first of all save them time and also like through the self-management, they're building a lot of experience than just say buy a property and give it to a property manager. It gives them the experience that enable them to be successful in real estate in long term, not just kind of as a media, mediocre return investment instrument in their portfolio. Got it. So if people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, Portfolio yep. Bay, or they want to join you on one of your cycling adventures, how can they do that? Yeah, you can reach me on LinkedIn. You can find me at Meng Chen. So it's going to be spelled at M-E-N-G and C-H-E-N. And you can also reach me via email. It's going to be M-E-N-G dot C-H-E-N at PortfolioBay.com. Awesome, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.